Welcome to the Electra International series, Think Like a Leader. We all enjoy hearing another person's success story, and we hope our conversations with leaders from across the electrical construction industry will help spark your interest and creativity in finding ways you can think like a leader. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. This is another edition of Electric's outstanding series called Think Like a Leader. And today we are joined by Scott Bringman. Scott splits his time between Anchorage, Alaska and Scottsdale. I don't think we need to ask him where he is now. Alaska is a little too chilly at this time of year. Scott is a director on the board of Alcan. He's officially retired, but he's still very active with the company. And we so much appreciate you joining us today, Scott. I hope you're gonna give our audience a whole lot of information on what it was like for you and still is like for you to be a leader. So thanks very much for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks, Carolyn, for having me. And uh, I look forward to talking with you. Well, Alcan Electric and Engineering, it's an Alaskan-owned business, and it's been around for more than 50 years. So my first question is this. As you grew into a leadership position within the company, what were some of the challenges that you faced in learning and deciding how to lead projects and how to lead employees? Yeah, well, first of all, we're a family business. And um, when I joined the company, my father had started it. I came back and um, relatively soon I was uh, placed in a leadership role. I had been, I'd finished the apprenticeship program. So I was a journeyman electrician at that time. I also finished college. So I had a educational background as well. But being the uh, owner's son uh, has its own set of challenges. I know there's a lot of neat contractors that are uh, family-run businesses. So for me, the first step was just kind of overcoming that son of the owner. Everybody kind of looks at that differently. And so how I address it, I just tried to lead by example, tried to um, be the first one there every day, learn as much as I could about the projects, the project team, the people we're working with in the office, our other project managers and estimators. And, um, you know, over time, they uh, they understood what I knew and uh, what I was bringing to the table. And so once I got past that, um, which was relatively short, maybe a year or two, you know, there's always somebody that always questions your ability or, you know, what your skill is and commitment. And I think I, I tried to show that uh, leading by example. So that was probably my biggest challenge when I first got in management. I was going to ask, as you think back, was your father one of the people that was challenging your abilities as you were learning and finding your own way as a leader? Was that oh, part of the challenge itself? Yeah, that was. And I think that was he did that on purpose to challenge me and try to bring out the best in me and put me in tougher situations to see how I would uh, handle that and grow from that. And it worked out well. And he was a great mentor for me. Although we didn't work directly together on projects, he was always available for me and, uh, you know, he helped out quite a bit. Now, your website explains that your company is spread out throughout the state of Alaska and that you have four offices in different parts of the state. 
Is it fair to say that the distance from a lot in Alaska from one office to the next and the overall distance from Alaska to the lower 48 requires a special kind of leadership attention on your part to make sure that your teams keep up to date with industry developments? Is it harder because of the geography? I don't think anymore it is because of technology. I mean, we have weekly meetings at a minimum, uh, depending on the projects, um, with all our offices and our project managers scattered around. So with technology, it allows us to um, share updates, anything new that's coming around, we, we disperse that to our managers and our uh, site superintendent, so they're up to speed on the latest information. So it's relatively 10, 15 years ago, that was a different challenge. But today it's quite simple. It's not too bad. But before the way to get information, it was either you know a phone call or a fax, or you actually had to get on a plane and fly to the office or the job site remotely. And um, that was tougher, but today it's much easier. Alcan describes itself as lighting the way for Alaska. What does that mean? Well, I just think we like to be out front um, with our customers and our clients, trying to be out front of everything and providing solutions to them, whatever they're uh, tasked with, whatever their challenges are. So we like to be kind of the tip of the spear out there with anything new that comes up to solve their, uh, their challenges. When you think about new things, what are some of the trends that you see in the electrical construction industry that you believe are going to continue to help to improve the industry in the same way that the rapid advances in technology, as you said, it's much different now than it was 15 years ago? Are there other major things that you see coming that you say, boy, electrical construction is still going to change again over the next five to 10 years? Oh, sure. I mean, uh... The things right off the bat, you know, the prefab is is still huge, as well as, um, you know, BIM modeling, but also with um, low voltage cabling, which you can power light fixtures with. That's a challenge, uh, not so much for the contractors or the clients, but I think it's a challenge working, Nika working with the IBW on some mm -hmm. jurisdictional issues. I mean, it's going to happen. We just need to uh, figure out how we work with uh, the IBW on those challenges on classifications. Is it electricians work or is it a low voltage classification but it's here and it's going to just continue to grow so that'll be an ever never-ending challenge i should say um, dealing with our partners at the ibw i know that safety has always been a very important component of alcan's commitment both to its employees and to its customers and I noticed that you refer to this program as your safety zone. How well has pushing safety been accepted by your workforce? It, it gets accepted very well. And we, we don't push it. We don't force that on everybody. We just we explain the, the benefits to everybody, what our goals are to bring everybody home safely and work safely with no injuries. And we get great buy-in from our employees, uh, our customers and clients certainly appreciate that fact. But I mean, we put it out there quite a bit, but it's not something we have to force on anybody. We might have some new employees that are working with us for the first time. So, you know, once we get them on board and share with them what we're trying to do, everybody gets it. Everybody wants to work safe and not get hurt and go home to their families every day. So it's not quite the challenge it used to be, I would say. 
There obviously were challenges for everybody during the height of the pandemic. Did you have to take different actions as a leader than you normally might have taken because you had to place so much emphasis on keeping your workers healthy and safe on the job as you tried to keep going through the height of the pandemic? Well, I, well, I think the big challenge that uh, most of us face was uh, just staying up on communication. You know, things were rapidly changing. There was different information coming about out about COVID or, you know, a vaccine or how it was transmitted and uh, what precautions we should make. So we were constantly uh, communicating with our uh, employees, our management team, sometimes just daily because the information was coming out. So I think that was the biggest challenge and to make sure your managers and your superintendents understood that it's changing rapidly. So don't be frustrated. We're trying to do our, the best we can just to make sure everybody's safe and uh, understand what we're dealing with. And I think it went as well as could be expected for probably most contractors and businesses. You have managed to build a great portfolio of services for Alcan, from electrical to integration of solutions to solar, lots of different things. Do you, as company leader, need to focus your attention on one area at a time in order to increase market share and profitability? Or do all of these service sectors require your leadership attention simultaneously? How did you have to divide up your time in order to lead well? Well, I think the key to our success was, you know, we have a great team. We delegate constantly. And um, I think that delegation is what you have to do as you expand because you can't be everywhere at every time. So you have to, you know, believe in the people you have, communicate with them what your vision, what your goals are understand from them what they need to do their job and perform. And we have general, we have managers over each one of our divisions. We meet bi-weekly or more, depending on if there's a certain issue that comes up or a challenge we have to do. But the biggest key is being able to delegate. And as somebody at myself earlier on, I wanted to try to do as much as I can. And and you can do that for a while, but at the end of the day, you uh, you sacrifice most things that you're dealing with. They're not, you don't get to excel as much as you could if you would delegate and have a little help sometimes. So for me as a leader, I had to overcome that early on and, and believe in the people that I was working with. And that's the success. We have a great team and Alcan is just based on a big team approach. So is it fair if I rephrase that and say that you learned that being a leader doesn't ever mean doing it alone. It means creating the right teams and knowing to whom to delegate which tasks in order to get them to work cohesively together. Absolutely. I mean, I think to be a good leader, you have to understand the benefits of delegating. You know, it helps you but it helps your team grow because as you give them more uh, responsibility, that fosters their growth. It develops them as leaders and it benefits everybody. Now, one other aspect of leadership that you have had over the years, and I know you just finished your term as uh, vice president of NECA's executive committee for District 6. And for some of our audience who may not remember, District 6 is Alaska, Washington, and Oregon. 
In what ways was it different to lead an association of companies rather than being the leader of just your own company? Did you have to do things that said, wait a minute, I got to really figure out how to lead this district for Nika? Not too much. I think, you know, leadership, the same skills you have in your company, like we just spoke about, delegating, uh, working with others, getting their buy-in to uh, what your goals are, what your vision are, getting their feedback. I think that's that's just a leadership skill and trait that if you have those, it was easy being coming into District 6 as the VP. I'd, I'd known most of uh, the chapters, chapter managers, obviously, and, and, and some of their board and presidents, governors. But I just communicated with them the best I can on what we're trying to do, what kind of goals we wanted to achieve. I got their feedback, and um, it was relatively a, a smooth transition. We lead by a committee, basically. I serve I serve that district, and uh, I'm kind of the intermediary from National NECA down to the local chapters in that district. So I'm kind of in between pushing information down from National as much as I can to help the chapters and the members and any concerns the chapter or member might have, I'll take that back up to national. So it was, it wasn't, uh, it was a good transition and just staying uh, open and getting feedback from those you're working with. And as you think about your service to District Six, is there any particular initiative that stood out that you're really proud of that the district had accomplished, and also that took special leadership skills on your part to make it happen? Well, we had several, but I think one of the things District 6 members and contractors are quite aware of and uh, take advantage of is the NECA PAC for government affairs. It seems like most of the members understand that benefit of government affairs that National NECA provides. Subsequently, you know, we support the NECA PAC extremely well in our district. We always have a great turnout. And that's not just nationally, it's locally for whatever state the chapter's in for their local government. So what I, not a lot of leadership skills there. I mean, I were, I uh, might have twisted a few arms to get some people to dig in their pockets sometimes. But overall, the benefits there, and they understand it, not only financially contributing, but they also meet with their legislators um, locally as well as nationally and share their concerns and, and thoughts with them, which it's good to write a check or give money, but it's more important to actually uh, – Use your voice to communicate with your local representatives or um, your House or Senate representatives. They want to hear from the members. It's a bigger impact when they do versus just uh, a lobbyist. And I mean, and our NECA's government affairs, uh, they're first class. Um, they do a great job, but that's all about serving the members. And the members need to understand they can serve themselves by just uh, contributing as well. Now, you and I both understand that Electri International is on the other side and is not doing the government affairs part. They are doing the research, the education, the outreach, the workforce development for the industry. And, and you've been involved with Electri International for many years. What leadership attributes do you and other council members share? What do you think is important in terms of leading the industry's research and education foundation? I think when you're into Electri or you're in some of these other peer groups, the first thing you have to maybe overcome is the ability just to share your thoughts and your ideas with everybody and not worry about you know, a competitive edge losing back and forth. I think the more that we share as leaders 
from our businesses and our different experiences that fosters and grows electry, the, the education we do, the different technologies we're trying to search for, the different challenges we have. So I think just sharing your experiences and it seems when I go to meeting it early on, somebody, they're not kind of, don't, don't have a lot of input at first, but as people start interacting, it just flows out. Um, I mean, that's where all the great ideas come and we all face a lot of the similar challenges. It's just uh, maybe different, a zero here, different magnitudes here or there, but uh, we're all in it together. And so I think once you overcome that fear and just start to share your experiences, it comes pretty easy. When you think about Electric International over the next three to five years, you'd say to me, to our audience, and also in meetings when you're attending meetings, you know, I really hope Electric over the next three to five years is paying enough attention to X, fill in the blank. Uh, what do you want? I would say um, developing project managers uh, workforce. We have a shortage in uh, in management. We have a shortage in the field, but management personnel. So anything related to project management, continuing education for you know senior field staff, just constantly growing that that next future of contractors, electrical contractors. I think that's our challenge. We can do it in house, and I think most people strive to do it in house, but that's uh, not always so easy. So education, the student uh, chapters, you know, we compete with the general contractors for the best of the best when they come out of college. So anything mm -hmm. that would give, uh, you know, Nika a better chance to gaining that, that next generation, I think that would be helpful. Well, we, we very often hear people say, and they say it to the electric team, that preparing new leaders is just as important as preparing for new projects. So as you are stepping back from an active role at Alcan, can you describe any steps that you might have taken to ensure that the next generation of Alcan leaders is prepared to keep the company on course? What we did, we are now, um, I was a second generation, we're now a third generation company. But as part of that, that next group of leaders that was coming up, we constantly exposed them to, you know, continuing education. Uh, we brought them, got them involved in NECA. The current president now, of, he sits on Electri. He understands the benefit of that. I think it's just constantly educating your people as much as you can. It's a process. It's um, the sooner you start, the easier it gets. Um, it's a commitment. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it's, you know, several years. Typically it is several years. You understand about estimating project management. You have smaller projects. You work way up to larger projects. Uh, you work with different teams. But uh, that's how we did it. We grew our uh, next generation in-house, most sort of speak. But we constantly uh, push education and expose them to as much as we can, as much as they can take. One question that we have found our readers, real, our, our audience really likes to know the answer is this. What's the best advice that you, Scott Bringman, ever received as you came through the all the years of your careers? What's the best advice you were ever given? 
I would say probably from my father. And uh, when I got into senior management or, or even a PM working on a, a project with a construction team, general contractor is your word and your reputation are key. So if you give your word, uh, you want to make sure you follow up on that. Always think about the reputation of your company as well as those you're working with. And it's one, it kind of goes back to where I started. You, you lead by example. Not everything happens perfectly. There's always challenges. Something happens and uh, it might be on your side of the fence. Be the first one to step up and and get that behind you, see what you can do to solve it and learn and move on. But, uh, you know, be a person of your word, handshake, handshake guy. That's how you build relationships in the community, in the construction community. I've found and I have a lot of friends. I've got a lot of contractors that uh, I can shake their hand and get started before I have a contract in part on a project. That's not always the ideal way to do it anymore. You want to get those documents signed and move on. But, you know, it's that thought is that you're committed to them and uh, they understand that and believe in you. And I think that's a big uh, dividend that gets paid time and time again in relationships. Well, Scott, it's it's very clear from this conversation that not only do you lead by example, but people want to know how you're leading and want to follow that example. And clearly, your word is your bond in everything that you touch within your company, on the NECA side, and on the Electra International side. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience? If not, we're happy to have had this conversation, but the floor is yours. If you have any last words of wisdom you want to share with us? Well, the uh, only thing I would say is anybody out there listening and they're uh, participating. If you're listening to this, you've already taken that first step, but participate in Electri, participate in NECA uh, nationally, locally, um, be a part of that and grow that and help develop this uh, great industry we have. So that's all I add, Carolyn. Thank you so much, Scott. We appreciate your participating in this event, and we thank our audience, and we want to encourage you to go to electri.org. Take a look at all of the Think Like a Leader interviews. Scott's interview will be online in a few days, and that way you can share it with others in your company. So best wishes to everyone. Stay warm if you're in a cold climate. Stay cool and comfortable if you're down in the South, enjoying the sun, and we wish all of you a very good day. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for today's Think Like a Leader conversation. You can access every interview in this series on our website, electri.org, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. This is a remarkable look inside the electrical construction industry, and it's yours for the listening.